This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 through the fan. The home of your NFC East Division Champion Dallas Cowboys plus tomorrow... He'll be the home of the World Series trophy as Josh Smith and Josh Spores, along with the World Series trophy, will be here in our showroom from 6 to 8. They'll be doing autographs. You can do pictures. Don't touch the trophy, though. Tomorrow night. How much does that cost? You don't got to sign up. You just got to show up free. What? That is amazing. What if they Ronnie locked you? Ronnie lauded you. If what? you did touch the trophy, there's a person there controlling the situation, and they cut off the tip of your finger that touched the trophy. Oh, and I would not touch the trophy. Yeah, I wouldn't touch the trophy. I mean, I already have, but you shouldn't, people out there that are coming to the station to be part of this. You should. Uh, you should, should not be, do it. There will probably be good security there to make sure yeah. it's taken care of well. Yeah, and with the newfound knowledge that I've touched the trophy, they're uh-huh. probably even more. There's a heightened sense of security. They're just mm-hmm. like, hey, we really got to protect this World Series trophy. So not, somehow, not Corey just because of the trophy, just because they're like, hey, yeah, I heard this Corey. This Corey guy, he Joker. already did it once. So, But that's awesome, man, that our company is like, hey, you keep your money. You use that money for other good deeds out there. You come in here and hang out with us for free. I like that, man. That's cool. It does explain a lot. No, you cannot lick the trophy from the 214. Okay. Was that the, that was the most pertinent question about the event that came in that you felt like we needed to address? We licked the commanders. What? Okay. That is, that's actually a surprisingly good segue. Let's go to cut number four. You heard what Mike said. That's what happened yesterday. I formation Pollard behind Lipke. Prescott under center. Man in motion, handoff, Pollard coming right. Bang, zoom. Touchdown, Cowboys. Straight to the moon. The Dallas Cowboys win 38-10. to And I know we have a lot of super positive stuff to talk about, and we're going to be super positive most of the way. My quick question, though, about midway through the second quarter, was there any part of you that was like, for F's sake, if the Cowboys yes. screw this game up, I'm going to break something? Yeah, I think it was it was the second touchdown that I went, okay, I felt a little comfortable. That was the the first time in the entire game that I started to finally feel a little comfortable for, for the Cowboys. And I know everything kind of ramped up before halftime. And, get, and granted, Kevin, how were they? In the middle eight this this time. Phenomenal yeah. in the middle eight. I'm so glad that you that you brought that up. Is obviously just outside the middle eight, they scored that touchdown to retake the lead. Then they got the ball back. This was a textbook look at how the middle eight should go. You get the ball last in the second half. I realize like Washington took a knee and everything like that. But for realistically, you got the ball last in the second quarter. You score a touchdown. You get the ball first. In the second half, they take up almost half the quarter 
and score a touchdown. So a little bit outside of the middle eight metric, but the point is you get the ball to end the first half, touchdown. You get the ball first to start the second half, touchdown. So during a time when Washington didn't even really get the ball, it goes from 14 to 10 to 28 to 10. Textbook right there. Yeah. Now, I think there were times before that that definitely, like, Kevin, the the blocked field goal. That felt made me feel like we were going into liquidation. That made me feel like there was a definite insolvency of some sort. But after that, then Dak throws throws the interception, and I was like, oh, my gosh, this could definitely be a loss, a disaster, if you will, default, if you will. And so I I, I was like, listen, man, this thing's going to be okay, though. They got it back in order. And for for me, Kevin, I think there was a lot of the way that the offense just looked forward and kept just go back and watch the way that they played. Everything was forward. Nothing was side to side. Nothing was, let's go back into the backfield a little bit to make this happen. There was an aggressive, we are going to set this from here on. We're not going to let this one slip away. And once they got through those bad parts of it, it was a bad part of the game. It all like fell into place for them there. And it, it was a lot of because of the way that they approached it, the way that they were looking at it. They didn't go into this game going, it's going to be easy. We just got to get through it. They went into this game saying, we want to win this game for a purpose. From the 254, no, not even for a moment. My friend texted me in the second quarter and said they were starting to worry. And I said, you don't need to worry about this game. I, I, look, losers lose. That's a good point. So were you not? I'll admit I was worried, especially because like you had seen the block field goal. And that was something that like no one could touch all year. And then I thought, oh, God, is this all going to crash down today? I will say I thought, wow, the Cowboys aren't going to blow them out. I did think midway through the second quarter, oh, man, the Cowboys are going to have to kind of battle yeah. um, to win this game. And obviously, by the time we got to the fourth quarter, I was like, why the hell is Dak Prescott still out there? Are we trying to ruin the playoffs? Now, maybe that's another topic for another segment. No, but, that's a fair question. But I did think this. When Washington, I believe, kicked the field goal to go up 10-7, to 7, I'm sorry I'm forgetting who did it. One of our guys was standing right next to the field goal kicker and he missed the ball. overran him. <laughs> yeah, yes. like, it went underneath his armpit where he ran past the ball, and it did go in. So you're thinking, gosh, they block our field goal. We are literally standing right next to the field goal kicker when he kicks the ball, and we whiff on it. And then it is 10-7 to 7 Washington. And all I thought there was, the concern was, oh, man, maybe the Cowboys are going to have to win this game 24 to 20 or something like that and we're not going to feel good about the win you're going to go gosh they won but man this is four weeks in a row they haven't played good football instead at the end they destroyed them and then my concern was and so was my father's is why the crap is all of our good players in right now like what are we doing and so luckily it didn't hurt us and nobody got hurt but when you're up 31 to 10 with about 14 minutes to go, or it might have been 35 to 10, I think it was 35 to 10. It was. You're like, we we don't feel comfortable with a 25 point lead. We no. feel that bad with yeah. putting in reserves. But is it more about like feeling bad, like feeling like you're going to lose the game, or I haven't quite seen everything I want to see yet? I, I don't know what the coach's decision on that is. I really don't know. I think that he has in a football, f- there's a panic of even if we're up 48 to zero, somehow we're going to screw this thing up if I put in Cooper Rush and Jalen Tolbert and whoever, who's number 83? That stinks. Brooks. 
Brooks. Brooks. Yeah. He's like, he doesn't stink. He drew he a penalty. <laughs> it was definitely a penalty. But yeah. I, I under, understand that the the idea of he'll be good next. We're going to take our guys out, and all of a sudden they're making a run, and now we got to put them back in for you know a series or whatever. Like the the concern there, but. You know, get Dak and CD off the field, get Mike off the field, and I'm feel and probably Demarcus Lawrence, and I'm feeling like, all right, get those guys off because the. I mean, is, that the what, field, is that what you were thinking? Like get them the game, off of Corey. the field, Kevin. <laughs> is that? Because I mean, the, look, we were all having hey, a great Alec, time. Heads up on that one for Friday <laughs> at two thirty ish. One thirty. One thirty. One thirty, Mike. You've been on the show for like four years. Oh man, it is one thirty, Mike. Oh well. Eastern yeah. time. Yeah, I was that, talking about that's Eastern time. that's the least of my concerns at this point. They're like I understand everybody freaks out about that in the moment, and we probably want the guys off the field a lot faster than coaches do, or even players do. And for that respect, the question gets asked: Didn't Gilmore get hurt? This was specifically before the time period that Mike was talking about. And if you listen to Stefan Gilmore in the post game, he's like, "Yeah, they, my shoulder came out. They just popped it back in. I'm good to go." Yeah, good, good, because we need you. We need you in the playoffs, man. Like that. That's got to happen. And there, there's sometimes in some of these games where I see guys, I'm like, did that really get hurt? And they're just like trying to get out of this game early and be the first one right. off the field today because they don't want to be out there. That wasn't the case for Gilmore. And the great thing is, is Sam Howe remembered who he was in the second half. I that's was, a horrible starting quarterback. So it's funny that you say that because I know one of Corey's bold predictions that I was like, oh, this is happening for sure, was three interceptions. And when you you went back to me and said you said three, right? I was going to say three turnovers is good enough. And they did get their three turnovers and they got four sacks. I think I said three interceptions, three sacks. I I thought for sure you were going to pick up interception number three. And so I was tracking that and I was like, I I was super excited about that. I thought there was a lot of positives. Look, I, I, I I will point out and this is very fair. I don't think Washington is a good football team. Oh, but destitute. I agree. But there were things in this game that I thought were encouraging going into the playoffs. I thought most of the day Tony Pollard looked yes. encouraging. That's the going forward yes. part I'm talking about. Him and Ferguson, man. Especially last week when you're like, what the hell is this? Is I thought he looked solid. I thought our offensive line obviously against a for a variety of reasons very different Washington defensive front I thought they I thought they looked good I thought Bass and Hoffman looked shockingly good out there and so that makes me feel a little bit better about injury were you like concerned when you saw that Zach Martin wasn't playing for sure yeah look when we go back to I know a lot of people on the text truckwreck.com text line 877-881-1053 are saying they weren't concerned Zach Martin is ill. He can't play. The field goal streak gets gets uh, broken by a blocked mm. kick. We run past a blocked field goal that we should have had. It's just things started to pile up that I was like, what the hell is happening? Can I ask you this, though? At that moment, about halfway or getting close to halftime, halfway through the second quarter, close to halftime, were you less concerned because it was 17-0 to in New York? No. Because yeah. that, that's a really yes. good question. I was not less concerned because then that drops you down to the number three seed. Okay. Is and so you would have had to go theoretically on the road against Detroit. Look, we I, I feel like I've been pretty consistent. Okay, we get about the calls this. against Detroit, baby. We yeah. know that. Okay, well yeah, here, here we do. The NFL does not want Detroit to make <laughs> it to the conference finals. Is the Cowboys win at home? And I was like, if you're telling me the pass set up that 
you got to beat San Francisco eventually. You figure that whenever. But you get two theoretical home games if you keep winning and get back in the NFC Championship game. To me, that was the only path for this to be a good playoff. I, I did, Mike. I was looking at it, and there was part of me, that, and that's this is all the compartmentalization of it all. Like I was looking at it going, okay, yeah, that's good. I feel comfortable that at least you're going to feel you're going to win the East, and that's okay. But it was the part that just wanting to see the team look good, not not just kind of you know roll over and be like, ah, oh, well, what happened? I want to see them have some pride in themselves, man. Go out there and kick somebody's butt because you can. Do it because you want to. And that's what I wanted to see from this team, and they did it. They they ultimately did that. And, Kevin, I think the like my favorite pass of the day from Dak Prescott was the touchdown to CeeDee Lamb in the back of the end zone because you saw a quarterback who felt comfortable understanding what he was doing, but the more important thing is in the middle of a play, he directs CeeDee Lamb, looks off of him, goes right back to him and delivers the touchdown. You're, this is the thing that Aaron Rodgers was talking about. Is that the seven and a half second play? I think so. Maybe, maybe so. And he has to move around a little bit, and he's he moves. He just tells him go this way. He looks over, yeah, comes yes. back to him. Bam, bam. And that's what Aaron Rodgers was saying. It's not just the you know he's making the throws. He's playing quarterback. He he schooled a a, a, a player on that play. That dude thought, hey, I, he's going. He's looking elsewhere. I don't have to rush on Ceedee Lamb right now. Ceedee gets just enough space. Dak Prescott's playing his best football at the moment, I think. There was a lot of there was a lot of positive things from yesterday's game. Uh I, I I really do think that. And it really does give me a renewed sense of confidence going into the playoffs, partially because you locked in the number two seed. But also, Mike, you've talked about this a lot. You look like maybe not your best football the last three weeks. Against a not good team. This looked a lot closer to your best football. And I did see somebody say, this is one of the worst teams in football, if not the worst. I can't say, meaning oh, Washington. Washington. Good. I can't say they are the worst because Carolina exists. Philadelphia. And if you want, yeah, that's a good point too. If you want to go check out Philadelphia and Carolina from yesterday, I, I might argue some there, but no doubt Washington is not a good team. But you went on the road and you beat them down. Yeah. You got rid of them. You, got them. you moved on from them very quickly. Yeah, then that's what you expected to do. Uh, the the connection between CeeDee Lamb looks like it's still, you know, full bore there. The connection with Cooks looks like it just continues to grow and flourish. Indeed. And how much of that benefits because CeeDee Lamb is what CeeDee Lamb is, and that gives Brandon Cooks a really good, talented receiver all this open space to work with or a one-on-one -on -one that he gets to fight through. Well, the Cowboys finished off the regular season as the champs yep. of the East. Yep. And this team does go down as the best team in Cowboys history at destroying below average op opponents. Like I I've think you're right about in, that. In our in our lifetime, maybe obviously there was a, a Roger Staubach team that I don't remember or recall. But every time the Dallas Cowboys, I guess I shouldn't say every time Arizona, almost every time Whoops. they played a below average team, they blew them out. It wasn't even a competitive game. And once again. The Cowboys against below average teams just completely destroy them 
in the 60 minutes. I really I really loved this note, Kevin, in the Cowboys note yesterday, notes yesterday. Dallas's four sacks today were its most since four sacks against Washington on Thanksgiving Day. Yeah. It's just like, hey, Washington, we know we get to feast every time we're, we're they, up against you. They had had a whole string of one-sack games yes. in between. And I'm going so- to miss that. When Ron Rivera's gone, you know, since it happened today, and uh, and now they're hiring the Golden State GM uh, to come in here and Maybe Mark Jackson will be there. Yeah, coach. maybe so. I don't now, you like, know what? Maybe Mike. It's, it's going to be a new era for uh, for them. They have they've relinquished all their old debts. Now they're moving forward with this one, and I'm very excited for for that for I, them. I tell you what, and but it's going to be difficult for us. And they're probably to end this. They're probably going to get a North Carolina quarterback. And as we know, North Carolina quarterbacks dominate in the NFL. How's the how's the guy Trubisky who played doing? basketball and Sam baseball Powell. in the yeah. early mid 2000s? He was awesome. Was his last name Curry or something? You know, remember who I'm Seth. talking about? He was horrible. No, I was don't remember Curry. who you're I'll talking go, about. It probably wasn't Curry. It what? was uh, – I can't remember. We'll look up all – Trubisky. We will Tremendous. Not. You can look it up. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. quarterbacks are great, too. Coming up next, what was the most noteworthy game or outcome during the final weekend of the NFL regular season? 877-881-1053. Let's dive into it next. Right. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Here in the fan. Davis out. Trent Sherfield is in as the third wide receiver. Make the give over the top, deflected in the air. Sherfield dragged his feet. <laughs> touchdown! Ruled a touchdown. We'll have to check if he kept it secure, but he was looking at it like a fly ball in the air, dragging his feet. And for now, it's a touchdown. KNC masterpiece back here on 105.3 The Fan. What did you think was the most noteworthy game or outcome during the final weekend of the NFL regular season? Because Last night, gotta feel like it's pretty high up there. Uh, yeah, there. I have three on my list, Kevin. Okay. Uh, I, I, if I'm sh- like forced to pick one, you uh, are. I will. Mike, I'm gonna let you live with the one that I think is really important. I right, shut up. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> oh say, <my> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say the Texans and uh, beating the Colts. 
on Saturday night. Very significant because not that they're going to go out there and just make all the noise and be in the AFC championship game, which they could because nobody expected them to do what they've done this year. True. But the just watching C.J. Stroud not shy away in the moment is my favorite thing. And, Kevin, I'll give you all the credit for saying go after that guy. That's the quarterback. He looks every part of the dude. He really does, man. So you like plays like, say, I don't know, maybe cut 20? Yeah, is cut this 20 is the a kind play of that play I, that yeah. you're talking about? Yes, exactly. As Stroud, little play action to start. Good protection. Airs it out for Collins. He's got it. One play, touchdown, Texans. 75 yards to start the night for number seven. I know stuff like this happens in sports all the time, but Indianapolis still had an opportunity to win this game. They're down mm-hmm. 23-17, and then the drop by Tyler Goodson, and it felt heartbreaking. It felt all the more heartbreaking listening to him after the game, if you don't mind. If we can go to cut number 29, and props to him for not being like, I got nothing to say, for standing up to the media and saying lots of interesting stuff. I worked too hard to, you know, just drop the ball like that. And I got to accept that chance, and that's okay. It was a tough throw. It still touched my hands. It's all good. <laughs> it's all good. Touch my hands. Uh, but next year, I won't be in that position ever again. Ever again. Oh, man, he's getting he's quit the NFL. No, I don't. I don't think that was my takeaway from it. Won't be in that it. position ever again. What if he is? I I thought it was interesting that the media, one of the media members there tried to bail him out. It's like that's a tough throw, and he did have to like turn uh, around and yeah. was behind him, and he goes, "Touch my hands, can't let that happen." And then cut number thirty. He's this is all like part of his same answer talking about what happened on that play that would have given them a first down, would have put them down to probably about the I think the twelve yard line late in the game. Honestly, I was just feeling like a failure. Uh, I know I'm not a failure. Um, I'm going to just state that. Uh, but I felt a lot of love from the teammates. Uh, everybody telling me to keep my head up. But me just being me, I'm always hard on myself. Um, and I know I could have made that play, and that play should have been made. I I hope this makes sense, Mike, and you hear out. Who is that? Was that Calvin Ridley? <laughs> no, it was not Calvin Ridley. It was Goodson from the Colts. I thought about Thanks you lot, when he said that because you've talked about that a lot is like, for you personally, just who you are as a right. person, it feels impossible not to think of yourself as a failure when something comes down to you and it doesn't go your way. Right. I mean, that's – and that's part of being a pitcher yes. is, I mean, if you make it to a very high level, you get all the blame and all the credit, like it or not. And, and sometimes you should and sometimes you shouldn't is is that's how I think you feel. And I know you're not talking about a quarterback in sure. this situation, but a quarterback, that's kind of – Wanting to be the quarterback, you're going to get all the praise and you're going to get all the blame. No matter how the game goes, that's kind of how that position is. And you love that position, but you do have to live with, I want all of the glory and I want all of the the pain and heartache and blame of, of when it goes wrong. And, and you do want to blame. I think the best do blame themselves. And don't pass it off. Did you appreciate off. his answer then? He was like, yes. hey, touch my hand. I got to catch I, it. I always find it weird when people in very high positions 
they don't take any blame. And I mean, I don't want to get into politics. That's the weirdest thing about politics. It's okay. You're not perfect. You're going to yeah. make mistakes on laws or whatever, but it's really weird. That like, feels like a cross I all didn't party do that. issue. And you're just like, yeah. okay. Um, and I get it. That's what they're trying to do. But um, yeah, that's, that's an answer where I feel like you can get better. I don't know how you can get better if you never take blame for mistakes. Yeah. No, I think that's fair. Now, Mike, do we uh, do we need to just cut oh, to the chase? <laughs> now the Texans stunk. The Texans Colts. Oh, great. We great. didn't know at the time, but would decide the division winner because you were worried about it going yeah. into the game. They're and, not. They haven't been playing well. The Jacksonville Jaguars, and, and they did indeed. As you would say, I believe, crap the bed. Oh, yeah. I'd like to use the cuss word. Okay. Against the Titans, did you watch this game until the bitter end? Was- I did watch it, but I watched it through NFL uh, Network. Okay. Does that make sense? Because yeah. it wasn't on, I don't pay for the extra right. yeah. stuff. So it wasn't on the the noon package, but they were cutting to that game a lot. So I pretty much stuck with uh, that channel. Okay. Um, and obviously, one... The Tennessee Titans could run the ball however far they wanted on each run play it felt like. there was. It looked at times like the Dallas Cowboys run defense. Eight for the yards of carry. For yeah, it was, it was rough. And hell, the other running back was really good, too. I don't know what his, uh, you know, per yards were in that game, but he had a, a nice also game, Also, eight yards. Okay, carry. yeah. Uh, in the end, Jacksonville had a chance to get a touchdown, have to – get the two-point conversion to send it to overtime. Uh, and unfortunately, they got eight yards on the first play. And then the next play, it was about a 50-yard throw down the field to Calvin Ridley. It was a catchable ball. It was not a perfect pass, but it was a catchable ball that unfortunately Calvin Ridley did not catch. And from that point, third and two, everybody's covered. He's about to get sacked. I thought Trevor Lawrence made a good decision. I'm going to throw it away, and we're going to go to fourth down, but I can't take a sack here. Yeah. And then on fourth and two, Nobody was open either, but then he decided to also throw it two feet over the receiver's head and not give him a chance to make a play. And then I'm thinking to myself, I get it on third and two. Smart decision. I'll give you. But on fourth and two, you can't throw it away. You have to throw an interception there. You have to be like, I don't care. I have to to throw a ball that even if it's intercepted, it has to be somewhat catchable for my guy. It wasn't. It ended a horrible second half of a season for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and now they have a lot to think about this offseason. Interesting for Tennessee. I, I don't think this would surprise anybody, but I'm going to go to cut number 24. The game just ended. Tennessee just won, and Derrick Henry is a master of efficiency, and he's like, let me just go ahead and start my goodbye speech right now, immediately after the game. Thank you for the greatest eight years of my life, the ups and the downs. Y'all been there for everything, through the adversity. Watching me grow as a person and a player, always supporting me. Um, I love y'all. Did he, did he like, as soon as the game ended, <laughs> ran hey. and found a microphone yes. and, was, or, and was yes. like, all right, guys. At least he waited till the end of the season. Tony Romo did it in week 12. Yeah. That's right. He could have done it in the middle of this game. <laughs> yeah. you know, he could have been like, guys, I got a message for all the fans out here. And I'm going to run for 1 million yards in this game. There's nobody left in the stadium. He was talking to it. I'm looking there at was it, not Kevin. a lot. I agree. He's talking but to an empty stadium. Here's the thing. That stadium wasn't full to begin with. Yeah. So he could have done that in the middle of the first Before quarter. The game. That stadium wasn't <laughs> full even then. 
And I'm not surprised this is coming up. I'm seeing multiple people ask, hey, what do you think about the whiny Falcons coach being mad at the Saints? (laughs) Well, we have to correct that now. What do you think about the whiny ex-Falcons coach being mad at the Saints? Because he has, Arthur Smith, that is, has got canned as well. And you know what I love? He got mad? Oh, my God. He got mad that they scored a touchdown against him? So you can see him. He's mouthing to Dennis Allen. What the F was, I think he said that. And then the commentators, it's really amazing because they're like, I think you can read his lips. You could straight up hear him on the broadcast saying, that's effing BS, except he did not edit it whatsoever. So is your season, bro. Like, you were miserable. You're right. You want to you wanna complain about it, stop him from doing it. And you couldn't do that. You couldn't do anything against him. Stop crying. This isn't a sport where you get your participation trophy. This is about winning championships or you didn't succeed this year. Yeah, as you guys let me know on Friday, he was the one who thought that horrible quarterback, Ritter, was going to be good at quarterback. He did. He did. And so that story has become... I don't think Dennis Allen needs to apologize at all for that, by the way. That's ridiculous. He did. Even though it sounds like his players just went against his wishes. Which is really interesting, too, because Dennis Allen said, I'm going to start by apologizing to Arthur Smith and the Falcons. He said they should have taken a knee. The guys asked about getting a touchdown for Jamal Williams, and he said no. And then they said, we're going to do it anyway. Scored the touchdown. He and then said, did the Dirty Bird dance. I, that that would have been perfect. <laughs> that, In their faces. That did not happen. <laughs> He said it was unacceptable. That's not who we are. That's not what we're about. But they dominated. And, well, they dominated the back half of the game, I guess I should say. Falcons are done. Then again, so are the Saints. <laughs> and, and the Falcons head coach is fired. I they saw didn't him. get enough votes to go up in the, in the standings yeah, and the no, power rankings. BCS really held them down. I saw a very funny fake quote, and it was, he told me to take a knee. I told him, oh, you touchdowns or interceptions. There's no in between. That's Jameis Winston. That, we do not know <laughs> It's a fake that quote. That I said it was fake. For sure. I looked at, I've been looking for it. I can't find Here's it anywhere. Here's the thing, though, Corey. I can also not say for sure that that didn't get said. <laughs> exactly. That does. Exactly. That's who he is. It does feel like a thing that would definitely be said. And it ended up being the Bucks Of all the, of, of that game mattering, it ended up being the god-awful Bucks and Panthers game. I think all three teams could beat Philadelphia. So, congratulations to the Bucks. I think you're going to the divisional round because you're playing one of the five worst teams in the NFL right now. So, I mean, and that could still potentially be a... Matchup for the Cowboys yeah. in the divisional round. Yeah, if the Rams and <laughs> yes. the Bucks win, you yes. play the Bucks. You get the Bucks, which I would much rather play the Bucks than the Rams. Still at this yeah, point. If you, yes, if you made me choose the nine to zero convincing victory from the Tampa Bay Bucks to win the division against the worst team in the NFL. <laughs> that game was so awful. Bryce Young looked so awful. No wonder. You know, it's interesting. Oh, they fired their general yeah, they fired for, their general manager in part because Bryce Young threw for less than a hundred yards on the day that C.J. Stroud said, "Yeah, what's up? He's We're going right, yeah. to the playoffs." Or I guess the day after because they played on Saturday. Yeah. Well, at least they don't have a first-round pick because of that. How's that team going to rebuild? Um, maybe they can put a real quarterback on Bryce Young's five-foot-three shoulders. Sell parts of the team. Uh, they're gonna have to figure a lot out. How tall is he supposed to be? Really, like five ten? Yeah, maybe they can run plays where he runs in between the lineman's legs, and the the defense can't tackle him because they didn't know he could do that. <laughs> All right, so you're out on Bryce Young, out on 
Trevor Lawrence? Where, not where? out on okay. Trevor. I'm not quitting on Trevor Lawrence. He has a lot of talent, but I can't defend him for this season. He had a he had a below average year. He was a average quarterback at best this year in the NFL. And that's not the standard that he started when he was 18, 19 years old by winning the national championship at Clemson. He has a lot to get better at. I think Doug Peterson is a questionable offensive coordinator. You should not have so many people not knowing the routes they're running, not knowing where they're supposed to be, lining up in the wrong spots. That's silly. Like, that is that is on the head coach one and then the quarterback two. Take over. If you have a moron calling plays, look, Tony Romo thought Jason Garrett was a moron calling plays. That's why on third down, everybody let us know that they call in a play, and then Tony Romo says, we're not running that. And then he would call the third down play. I'll run this moron's first and second down plays, but not his third down play. I don't know. Maybe it takes a little bit longer for Trevor Lawrence to get there. If Doug Peterson is running stupid plays that your receivers and you don't understand the the concepts of, then call call a play that you know will work. For the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fan, where Tampa Bay wins their third straight NFC South title. So pretty much just shows anybody could be the quarterback of that team and they'll be just fine. Coming up next, just kidding, just kidding. Who you got in tonight's national championship game? And how invest- <laughs> they lost. And how invested are you? 877-881-1053. We'll do it next right here on the fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. They frequently run the play clock down a lot. In the end zone, touchdown! Jalen McMillan! 19 yards and the Huskies lead for the fourth time tonight. KNC Masterpiece back here on 105.3 The Fan, Washington, Michigan, tonight for the College Football Playoff National Championship. We bring in Carter Freeman to have some discussions about this. My first question is going to be an NFL-NCAA combo question. Will the Harbaugh brothers win the Super Bowl and the College Football Playoff Championship? If you say yes... Five and a half to one on your money. Do you think this is a good bet? No, I don't. Because you hate Michigan? Because you think they're going to lose tonight. I do think they're going to lose tonight. But I also think the Ravens aren't going to win the Super Bowl. That's a totally different conversation. Wow, but I would, Baltimore. But if you look at ESPN's lower thirds, they think John Harbaugh is Jim Harbaugh because they flashed that graphic up on the Saturday night game. They oh, said John no. was Jim. So. Could the Harb- I never even thought of this. The Harbaugh's are favored to win both champions. I, for some reason, has that hit y'all's brain? Yeah. I mean, the, yes, because I now. just I just brought it. I up, understand so. this segment. <laughs> yes, as I was changing channels because I didn't want to watch any more of the women talk about the Golden Globe Awards on television. But I'm wondering, <laughs> was that the View or that was just I don't know, in just a bunch of women were on there like. Ooh, people it was just a live shot of some women having uh, some yeah, they're holding up mimosas. trophies that they won some golden globe for at snooze somewhere yeah 
So, anyways, I just had never <laughs> thought until this segment that the Harbaugh's are favored to win both championships. I think mm-hmm. they're second to win the Super Bowl. Oh, San Francisco still I, I favored. Be- I believe so. Okay. They, at one point, they were one and two to win the Super Bowl. A long time ago. When that, they played each other yes, in the Super that's Bowl. That's true. That so, is true. All that was right. a fun game. Yeah. Now, Carter, at the beginning of the year, I'm not saying this is why you're rooting for uh, Washington, and if it is, that's fair too. At the beginning of the year, you said, watch out, Washington in the college football playoff. Now, not only have they made the college football playoff, they're in the national championship game. Two questions. How did you know this was going to happen, and why are you against Derek Holland? Uh, I'm not against Derek Holland. I love Derek Holland. I saw he's, he, yesterday he was driving down to Houston to and go to the why, game. Why is he going to the game? Because his Wolverines are in it. And, but, but you're rooting against them. He went to the Fiesta Bowl last year where they played TCU, and things didn't go that great for Michigan then, so I don't want to say he's a curse, but I guess we'll find out tonight. <laughs> oh, wow. That sounds like exactly what you're saying. Wow. Also, because you follow college football, I didn't know this until the national semifinal game that all of the players on Washington are also as old as Derrick Henry. That's true. They are. They're most all of them. We're in this fun period where the COVID year has granted a lot of players extra year of eligibility. And then of course, hold on. Do you count Penix in that group? Who's 23? Is he as old as he's one of the youngest players on their team? Well, before the season, I picked Washington because last year they were a very, very good team. They went 11 and two. They beat the Texas team that they beat again in the Sugar Bowl in last year's Alamo Bowl. And their losses were both on the road by very close margins. So I was like, this team, a lot of it came back this year. I was like, I think they're going to carry that over and it's going to take them over the top this year. That being said, before the season, I picked Michigan to win the national championship because I thought they were that deep and I thought they were that good. And lo and behold, both of these teams, I didn't think, I thought Washington would be good, make the playoff. I didn't think they'd win a playoff game. So here they are, you know, they've even surpassed what I thought they would be to reach this game tonight. Did Corey, did Carter just engage in the height of hedging your bet by pointing out whoever wins? I called it. Yes. Okay. I like being right. (laughs) So That's, that's what I heard too. He's like, no, I've been on Washington all year. But I did also pick Michigan to mm-hmm. win the championship. I so. do have receipts. <laughs> so either way, I'm like, hold on. Did you ever pick? You never picked Washington to win the championship. You just picked them to be in the playoff. I did. Yes. That's the technicality, okay. Kevin. Mm-hmm. So right. Yes. So I've already been right about that. So if Michigan wins tonight, I'll be double right. Yeah. And it's you're gonna fit in just fine. Very right? similar to I picked the Cowboys to win 12 games this year. Right. How many games did they win this they year? They won 12. But I'm not so picking far. them to win the Super Bowl right now. I'm already picking them to win 12 next year. Mm. Seems like they're pretty consistent. We should have a, we should have a discussion about that next year, Mike. Oh, okay. I'm just saying, like, I picked them to win 13 before the season started. <laughs> and then right when the season started, I picked them to win 11. So yeah. I was wrong. You're on right. Both. Well, your mean, uh, is it mean or median uh, there, would be 12. So you kind of nailed it. I'm the wrong person to ask about that. I, don't, I, I, I understand range. a lot of math. I always had trouble with that part of math. All right. In terms of this game, Washington is the underdog again, but I'm sure they're like, yeah, big shocker. Undefeated. They've already beat five teams where they were the underdog this season. I can't imagine they sweat being the underdog at all. No, I think they've embraced it. And Peyton was telling me that it's moved even higher in Michigan's favor. Like it opened at four and and a half. half. Now it's five and a half. I think that's easy money for Washington because all they do is win close games against ranked teams. Like, 
I like I like that. All it's we true. do is win close games against the best. It's, they're on a twenty game winning streak or twenty one. It's they've won twenty plus games in a row, and most of them are overranked teams because the Pac twelve was an excellent conference this year. And ESPN matchup predictor has Washington as twenty six percent to win this game. So you see it from the computers, you see it from the gamblers. Wasn't the spread pretty much the same against Texas? Am I crazy about these numbers? It was. It was four and a half, at least when that game opened. Okay. And they look like decidedly the better team until the punt issue. Then all of a sudden, a whole new ball game. So I do I do wonder how big of a factor special teams are going to play in this game just because you saw what a huge factor they were in both of the semifinal games. And at the end of the game, if Washington's ahead, will they make the mistakes that they made against Texas where – their running back getting hurt wasn't like you can't plan for that. Yeah. But you can also kneel the ball in that situation and not worry about it. So there's clock management factors you can look at with Washington, how they pretty much had that game against Texas in the bag, and then they messed it up at the very end, allowed them a chance to win towards the end. Michigan's a team that I think is more likely to take advantage of that, maybe even earlier in the games if there's clock mismanagement situations, like say at the end of a half. So... That's the biggest thing with Washington. But again, they've overcome it this entire season. So uh, I picked Michigan before the season, but as we've gone along, I just love what I've seen from Washington and their offense. I'm looking at a decent amount of people from the truckwreck.com text line who are like, I'm just not interested in this game or this matchup. And I have to admit, I'm a little surprised. These are the two undefeated teams. What if what if those are UT fans? I'm not saying they are, but what if they are and their feelings are kind of hurt? Like if the Cowboys lose, I'm not, I'm not saying they are, but if they lose in the NFC Championship game, they'll be hurt on us that we might not really be interested in the Super Bowl, if that makes sense I because gotcha. of that. So I'm just wondering how many are possibly UT fans that are just, their hearts aren't in this game because they thought they were going to be in this game. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I, as an OU fan, I've watched my team lose four of these playoff games, and I wasn't really that interested in the national championship game afterwards, so I totally get that. Okay. I, I can, That's what I thought the person said. It's rigged. And again, we go back to this with the Cowboys all the time. Yeah, the if only thing that's rigged is the Cowboys versus the Lions. Yeah, if it was rigged, <laughs> you would a have a rigging. million percent had Texas in here. I, I guarantee you Michigan versus Texas is the better TV-friendly matchup than Michigan versus Washington. And I think the ticket prices for that game went, they got cut in half as soon as Texas lost. They were around oh, wow. 2000 As soon as Texas lost, they went down to around $1,000 to get in. Because people in Washington are poor. Okay. The Oh, my gosh. That's what Carter's insinuating. I didn't say it. Uh, I just, yes, you did. Was, oh, I was using what you said. The It is strange. What are the, the Super Bowl's typical numbers? Like the ratings for the Super Bowl? Are they higher than regular season games? Like in terms of gambling amounts or viewership? Ratings. Oh, yeah. oh my God, yes. Yeah. Way, way, way higher. And it just seems like it's the only sport where the championship is the most interesting thing. It's the That's the NFL, not college football. College football, they, there are probably other games that are more important, but everybody loses interest as things goes along because it's not their team. I, Baseball, people stop losing interest, and whenever it's the World Series, they're like, oh, my team's not in it. Basketball is the same way. Is that because, like, I think, but with the with it'll NFL still be playoffs, the highest rate. You'll watch every NFL playoff game. This will still be the highest rated college football game Except of the, the year. Except one. for the Peacock one. But 
is it just because of the social aspect that the Super Bowl became? Like, maybe I don't know that many people who are like, I got to watch the college football playoff championship tonight because I got to see the halftime show or the commercials or it's like, on a Monday. Oh, there is a halftime show this year. So there have been years where they do years where they don't, they've been trying to make it more of an entire entertainment product. Like I know in Atlanta a couple years ago, they had Kendrick Lamar at halftime. So the bands don't do halftime at this game. If so, know. I'm guessing they don't okay. televise that as part of. And their... who's doing this? Could year? be pregame stuff. The halftime, I don't know. Oh, okay. Well, to Corey's point, exactly. Whereas I feel like every Super Bowl halftime show, it gets announced ahead of time. People are getting fired up. You know who this year's is for for uh... Taylor Swift. You just assume that because of her. That's like, fair. I the probably, power she's had yeah, this year. I probably would assume that. Is it as Usher? Well. All right, it are is. You... is Usher. Yeah. yeah. Usher. Usher. Are you sticking with Michigan to win tonight? Who you got? I'm changing it to Washington. I think, and look, this is the best receivers in the country versus some of the best corners in the country yeah. on, on Michigan. This is a Joe Moore amazing offensive line versus a very very physical defensive line at Michigan. I just think Penix and that attack is going to be too much for Washington or for Michigan. I'm going Huskies 35, Wolverines 31. Mike, it'll be both bands at the halftime okay. show. So. Yes. I like that just because most players on Washington have already 70 games of college experience. Penix only has like 50-something. Yeah, because he gets hurt all the time. A lot, yeah. <laughs> it will. That's why he's like an eighth-year senior. <laughs> Isn't it only fifth? No, he's I, sixth. I, I, oh, sixth, okay, yeah. there you go. Okay, I will I will take Washington as well. It's like, amazing. Hey, Mike if, said. If you NFL go down team. that roster, they have, I think, seven six-year starters – and like seven fifth year starters, I don't think they have a person besides their their. If I'm right about this, you'll know this. I think their center is their only player who hasn't had four years of college experience that starts on their whole team. Yeah, and this year, uh, this is a year for Washington to win it too. I mean, obviously they're in the title game, but like a lot of this talent's going to leave. They're either going to graduate because they're all fifty years old, as Mike is insinuating, yeah. or they're, they're going to leave early retire. For, Michigan's well, going to run into the kind of that problem. Very focused on their education. Michigan's more yeah, they, likely. They've all to, got their master's degree already. <laughs> going for the PhD. Michigan's <laughs> more likely to uh, get more talent in. I think just as a bluer blood than Washington is. Like a new head coach. And Washington Maybe. has purple blood. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. 
Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.